You're listening to Sly King Unleashed. Social topics, entertainment, politics, relationships, and so much more. Make sure you follow him on social media at I am Sly King. Now, let's get ready for another episode of Sly King Unleashed. Back once again like we never left. Sly King holding it down with you back for another episode of Sly King Unleashed. You know, I got to say thank you to every single person that takes the time to listen to my podcast. You can listen to it pretty much anywhere. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, the link that's in my bio on Instagram. If you're not following me on Instagram, Twitter, whatever the case may be, you can follow me at I am Sly King. You'll get a link to my podcast, but I greatly appreciate you tuning in. And of course, I always want you to understand that these thoughts opinions and things of that nature are mine. And I don't expect you to agree with everything I say. Let me make that very, very clear. And we can respectfully disagree. We can. You know, a lot has happened recently in the news regarding so many things around the Confederate flag monuments and where people stand on this and so many people on various sides of the coin when it comes to what should be done. I know the president is making statements about the fact that there is going to be some type of guarding around certain monuments and all these kinds of things. And you got issues right now with a lot of people on various conversations about, you know, the entire Black Lives Matter movement, you know, the importance of, you know, fighting crime in our own community where we have challenges that we've been dealing with for a long time. And I'm speaking about the black community where we have internal challenges, where there are crimes that are committed, where we have killings that are unnecessary and things that happen. And I want to address some of that. I really do. And I want you to bear with me for a moment, okay? Because I've seen this conversation brought up. I've seen people who are on the other side of believing that this whole Black Lives Matter deal and conversations about the importance of the justice and what really is the big piece behind all of this is the fact that justice needs to be served. We're still dealing with that with the Breonna Taylor case, Just recently, the indictment in the Ahmaud Arbery case, which was great to find that out. But that is a part of this entire movement that has sparked people to finally take the time to listen. And, you know, it's not like this conversation has not been brought up many times before that we've talked about the innocent killing of black people that has happened from time on. And really and truly, if you go back and look at the history of how this has transpired over the years. And I'm going back to civil rights days where it was legal to do a lot of the stuff that was done to black people who were peacefully protesting. The Bull Connor days and the Jim Crow stuff and all those things that are happening, you know, right here in where I'm from, in Birmingham, Alabama. The people who were out and marching and doing those things had dogs sicked on them by the police. Host pipes used against them by the police. So understand, this is nothing new. Does reform need to be done and happen? Yes. Does justice need to be served? Absolutely. Are we at a point now where people are finally listening? Absolutely. And do we have issues in our own community? Yes, we do. You know, I said this in a previous podcast, and if you did not listen to it, I want you to go back and check it out. I talked about how this is a very multi-layer issue, multiple layers. I said it about 
peeling an onion. When you go into the process of peeling an onion, you have many, many layers before you get to the core root of the problem. And that's where we have to understand. There is not just a simple, okay, we got a Band-Aid on it, we put some antibiotics on it, and, and, and we're good. That's not where we are. We have multiple layers to the challenges that are affecting our community. You know, I know there are a lot of people who are on this side of this conversation believing that certain people, and I've talked about this before, but I want to bring it back up because there are people behind most things that happen. I think we all can agree that there are different people pulling strings to do different things. If you don't believe that, all you have to do is go Google things and you'll find it out that there are different things that have happened over a course of time in our history that have been led by people being controlled by others or being manipulated to do certain things for a certain agenda. There's no secret that that's the case where a lot of things have happened in this country. We've heard of false flag operations. That's not a fake thing. I think we've gotten to a point now where there's so much information that we have access to that the whole idea of certain things not possibly happening do happen. And so when you look at conversations that have come up from certain people who have pushed the conversation about this being done by a certain group to control certain things and bait others against each other. Newsflash, let me make this very clear. We don't need others baiting against each other to cause it to be something brought to the attention that we have a racial issue in this country. That's not been a secret. The only difference is we have leadership that has spawned others to respond in a certain way and feel like they have a certain level of entitlement to say some things that they say. And they use that and that's done in a way that causes others to react and then their true feelings come out. And so now you have people standing on the side that say, you know, I feel the way I feel. That's how I feel. And I'm cool with it. Okay. there are others who say, well, you know what? This is how I feel. And I'm cool with that. So we have a separation where people feel the way they've always felt. And it's not been a secret. Many people have suppressed their true feelings of where they are on this issue. Many people have. Now you just have an opportunity whether it's social media and other things, you have an opportunity to express them much bigger than you used to be able to do so. And I've seen people express how they truly feel in their first response. And I'm not saying that people can't apologize. I'm not saying that. I think people can apologize. And as a believer, which I am in Christ, our job is to forgive. We have been forgiven. So let me make that very clear in regards to that statement. Now, if you don't feel that way, that's your deal. However, yes, you are to forgive. You do remember, you don't forget, but you are to forgive. And when you look at people that have made statements that they've made, they come out and they say them and they say them with full vigor and and full intention and that's how they feel, that's how they really felt. The only reason why they made a response was because they were called out on it and now they feel like, you know what, A lot of heat's coming my way. Yeah, I messed it up. I got to clean it up. Let me make a statement, right? Usually that's what happens no matter what it is. A company, individual, was it, whatever. Make a statement. Hey, let me speak on behalf of what happened. Let me make it clear. Let me apologize. Yeah, you're apologizing because it got out. People found out about it. And now it's like, man, I messed up. Yeah, I really did. I said that and I'm catching major backlash. 
Money is a root of what runs a lot of things and decisions that are made. Just look at our country right now. We literally have massive number of people that have considerably grown in the outcry of the push of this virus that has really moved in a bigger direction than it was a couple of months ago back in March. The numbers have gone out the roof. And so are we focused on that? No, we're really focused on the fact that we got to get our economy back moving the way we need to. And so it's the coin of, do you get it, live with it, hope to get through it, but continue to push forward in what we're doing when it comes to our economy? And and that's where it is. The money is over the value of people. I mean, that's no other way to say it. I know may, you may feel how you feel about it, whether everything is legit about the virus or whatever. All I'm telling you is there is a decision that was made. And it's funny, I had this conversation way before this really took off and the conversation kind of began that we were going to, you know, possibly have to, you know, quarantine and do all these things. And how far would we really go and could we afford to go that far and for how long? And it really got to a point in this conversation where me and this gentleman were talking and it was like, you know what? We both came to the agreement that at some point a hard decision is going to have to be made. We said that. We said that, and I'll never forget the conversation. We said, we may not agree on the fact that we need to do this or don't need to do that, but we do agree that at some point there will be a decision that will have to be made regarding whether we focus on the health of people and make that our top priority, or we say we got to get the economy back moving, Uh, we're going to deal with the rest of this stuff, we're going to put things in place, but we got to keep moving. And that's why you're seeing the numbers continue to go where they are. You do. And I continue to see conversations from people, as I mentioned earlier, regarding this entire issue of what we need to be doing. And it relates to the Black Lives Matter movement. Now, I know there's a lot of people who understand that what we are seeing right now is revolutionary. What we're seeing right now is when you and we and I mean all of us as people. Speak up and make sure that people hear. And when we are on a unified front, that's very important because it can't just be black people saying one thing. It has to be everybody saying, hey, we've seen enough. There is injustice. Justice needs to be served. And we want to make sure our voices are being heard around this issue. And that's what's happening right now. But there are some people. And rightfully so. Again, everybody's entitled to their opinions, their thoughts. But there are a lot of people who feel like there's a lot of silence when it comes to black on black crime. There's a lot of people that feel that way. A lot of people feel like we make a lot of noise when someone has been killed that's black by someone that's white. But there's not as much noise when it's black on black crime. And a lot of that, quite honestly, gets into a media conversation where what is probably going to be the most, I hate to say the word, attractive conversation when you have black people on one side, white people on the other side discussing an issue of race, it draws more attention to that versus something that, honestly, I think a lot of people have gotten numb to, that another person in a community of color, a black person was killed by another black person. And as I said before, there are issues across the board on every front. 
We understand that this whole conversation around the Confederacy and the Confederate flag, a lot of people, quite honestly, don't know the real truth because we expect it to be taught correctly. And history is not taught correctly in school. It's not. We don't get the real history of a lot of things. We don't get the real answers to a lot of things. You have to begin to start researching and finding things out. But the bottom line is there are a lot of people who don't really understand what the meaning of the flag is, you know, even stands for. And so that's a whole nother issue. But then when you get down to where we are currently right now and where we have a true challenge when it comes to what needs to be done as it relates to improving the entire spectrum of where we are right now. And you're beginning to see people chipping away at things that, hey, you know what? We got to change that. That's been an issue. Or we need to make this change here. That's an issue. And you got to address them head on. And a lot of times people don't want to make change. People don't like change. Change is very uncomfortable. It's difficult. It's challenging. But when you begin to go against the status quo of what people are accustomed to, that's when you begin to start ruffling a lot of feathers. You begin to start getting a lot of people upset. And that's where we are. There's a lot of people who feel like some things are being taken away if you want to use that term. But again, I think the research holds true that a lot of those things that are coming down or going away or being questioned are things that have a big historical racial foundation. I mean, those are the true essence of a lot of the things that we see. They're real foundational racial things that came from these things that they stood for. I mean, I don't know if you took some time to go back and look at black history by chance and look at the history of. African-Americans and what happened and how we got here and treated and the things that went on through that. Go back and look at that if you haven't looked at it before. If you don't understand where a lot of the issues and built up anger that has been there for a long time in many ways, or if you need a refresher, just go look up some of the stuff and see what happens. Look it up. I promise you that's the best way you'll learn anything is go look it up for yourself, read about it, find out about it, and you can begin to kind of see where things are really coming from and how we got to where we are. We didn't get here just, you know, just by accident. Like, this just didn't happen yesterday. You didn't turn on the TV and all of a sudden we have a racial issue. No, we did not get there just like overnight. And and let me say this, you know, before you think that I am just totally – bias to the fact that there are people who don't feel that way. I do know there are a lot of people who understand that we've got to make some changes, who are white, who understand that we've got to work together and fix some of the things that we have had that have been issues for a long time. And quite honestly, how can you expect black people to fix something we never created? We didn't create racism. We didn't create that. So, again, that's why when you have a unified front of everybody saying, hey, this has to change, and that's on every single level, we're getting ready to move into probably one of the most important times of elections, period. And I'm telling you, this is so important. I don't care what is happening in your local city, your state, you got to vote. Because guess what? Those people who are going into office, who are going to be sitting on your local level, your state level, who are going to be sitting in D.C. representing your state, 
state senators. Those people are going to be speaking on the behalf of your state. And their vote will count against something that you may not agree with. So be careful and understand and know the person that you're voting for. Look, I've been guilty of not really doing as much research as I should have when it comes to looking at somebody who is on the ballot. I'm, I'm guilty of doing that. I think all of us can say we are guilty to a degree of doing just that. But we got to research and we got to understand that the person that we're voting for or against, we need to know where they stand on policies and hold them to those things that matter to you as the citizen of that state, that city, because it's important. And that's a big conversation that I wanted to get in because I don't want you to lose sight of the fact that we are counting down and moving to a very important time. Many states are doing uh, runoff elections. Many states are having things coming up. Man, know your voter status. Know where you got to go vote. Find that stuff out. Get it right. Don't allow people to tell you something that's not accurate and not correct. Go find it out for yourself and get it straight. And report issues. Report those issues. Got to give a big shout out to to my folks at Woke Vote. Dewana Thompson and her team, they do an amazing job. I'm telling you, big shout out to Woke Vote. Big shout out to them, man. If you don't know anything about them, go check them out. I'm telling you, they are on the move and they are absolutely fighting, fighting for all of the stuff that's going on right now. They really are. They always have been. It's not been something brand new. Okay, they have been on this for a long time about voting and making it a big conversation. And I'm telling you, they have done an amazing job with that. So big shout out to Woke Vote. So let me get back to the conversation around black on black crime. And I really want to hear from a lot of you that listen. I really want your opinion on this. Because it keeps coming up. I hear it in many different channels, conversations, posts. And yes, do we need to address the black on black crime? We do. Do we need to put a lot of attention around fixing that? I think we do. And so when it comes to conversations about, well, we're not as revved up about that. We're not as focused on, you know, marching around that and doing the things we need to do around that. And you know what? We do need to address this issue. I don't have a solution for it. I really don't. I do know we need to take more time to be a lot more conscious of looking out and making sure that we are doing the right thing as it comes to taking care of our brother and our sister. We've got to make sure we do that. we got to do a better job of that. That's just the bottom line. I mean, that's just the bottom line. There is an issue. There is consistent challenges. You know, you saw many times where innocent children are killed you know, by gunfights and all these kinds of things. And we got to do better. No question about it. We have to do better. However, it does not mean that there is not systemic racial issues and injustice in this country. We're not going to let that just skip on by and act like that's not the truth. Yes, we have issues when it comes to black on black crime. There are challenges there. There are things we've got to do a better job of. Absolutely. But as I said before, it does not erase the fact that there are people who some of you believe are on your side who are absolutely as racist as they want to be. And that's the truth. 
That is the honest truth. And right now what has happened is a line has been clearly drawn. You're on one side or the other. You cannot be a part-time racist. You cannot be. And I know right now it's uncomfortable for a lot of people to talk about this, a lot of people to address these things and focus on them. But what I've noticed more now than ever in the videos I've seen, the posts that I've seen, there are so many people who feel that way. And there's some of the people who will smile in your face and act like everything's okay, but the true reality is that's how they feel. That's how they feel. And so that's why I said before, it is a full-fledged, multi-layer challenge that we're facing as a society. We really are. And, you know, maybe it's an opportunity for us to really sit back and make some true examinations of what we should be focused on as people and how we can work together to be better for every single person. Because when you look at your children, when you look at young kids, and I'm talking about young kids who have not been put in a position to be exposed to, you know, uh, differences and how a person may look or whatever. They just love to play with one another. They love each other. And you see it all the time. I've seen countless examples of kids who are black, who are white, who whatever their nationality is, and they love to play and be around one another. Those things that are hateful, those things that are in that same vein are taught. And I was never raised that way, never raised to treat anybody any differently, never raised to look at someone differently because of who they were, where they were from. Never. Never. A fool is a fool, period. Doesn't matter what you look like, a fool is a fool, period. At least that's how I look at it. I don't care what it is. You drive where you live, whatever. If you're a fool to me, then guess what? You qualify as being a fool. And I think people that don't take the time to listen and don't take the time to listen for understanding and comprehending what's being said We'll never get past where we are. We won't because you'll be so focused on making sure your voice is heard over the other person's instead of taking the time to say, let me understand. Or maybe taking the time to really do some real research and knowing the real history of some things. Before you begin to start jumping on a bandwagon of something that you really don't understand or you think that you have an understanding of and you really don't. And so, again. We do have a lot of challenges that are in front of all of us. But one of the greatest things we can truly understand is the foundational principle of how we become better as people is we take the time to really self-examine ourselves because change, it all starts in the heart. It all starts there. That's why I said before, sure, someone can apologize for what they said. They can apologize for their actions But they meant what happened and they meant what they did at that moment in time. They did. And so you got to get to the root cause of the issue. And the majority of the root causes of those issues are things in the heart of that person. If you ever seen a person or met a person who has some type of phobia or some type of scar regarding anything in life, if you trace it back, it all goes back to some experience Some traumatic moment, something that happened 
at some phase in their life that began to shape their view on certain things and their experiences. And so from that day on, they see things through that same lens and that's what they know. It's like your children who say they don't like something that they've never eaten before. They just say, ooh, but they never tasted it. They never had an opportunity to experience it first before they make a decision. They've already prejudged something that they've never had a chance to experience, and they go ahead and jump right into already saying they don't like something. And we do that a lot. And so we've got to make a true effort to look internally and say, okay, God, what is in me that I need to change? What is in me? What's in my heart that I truly need to change? And that's what we have to do. And I know it's not, it's not easy. It's difficult. It's challenging. It's not something that you want to do. It's not something that's comfortable. And that's not meant to be comfortable. It's not. It's not meant to be comfortable at all. And so when you really examine what needs to be done, that's a part of it. And if you look at a verse, Matthew 15 and 19. And it says, for out of the heart come evil thoughts. Clearly, and I'll stop right there. Out of the heart come evil thoughts. You can read the rest of it. I just want to read that one part right there because it clearly tells you that out of the heart of yourself, myself, and others, that's where things come from. That's where those thoughts come from. That's the thoughts that we have to work on, and that's why it's an internal thing that has to be addressed because I can't change you at all. God can change you, yes, but I can't change you. I can't change how you feel. I can't change your perspective. I can try, but quite honestly, that's not what works. It's a hard issue. It's an issue that has to be addressed. And my favorite song, one of my favorite songs from Michael Jackson is Man in the Mirror. And we don't want to face that person that we see. We don't want to address the things that that person in the mirror is dealing with or won't deal with. Because if you never deal with it, it'll never be addressed. Well, anyway, I just want to take a moment to share these things with you. As always, I greatly appreciate you tuning into the podcast, Sly King Unleashed. As always, follow me on social media. If you're not doing that, at I am Sly King on Twitter, Instagram. Love to hear back from you. Very grateful for the opportunity to get a chance to talk with you as always. Until next time, it's Sly saying I'm out. Peace.